Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast my name is ben my name is peter peter yes I, I sort of i put a pregnant pause there between triple and jump but that's not oh, true how far along is the pause uh, second trimester at least seven months oh, so congratulations but one thing a lot of people get wrong mm. is that there isn't actually a space between triple and jump at least in our title you're right everybody puts a space it's not it's all one it's legally all one word triple trip 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 la jump triple jump triple jump triple jump jump. which means that we're not a sporting contest we're we're a video game outlet Mm. even though i'm sure the video game move of the same name actually has a space but that doesn't matter welcome along to the podcast i hope you're well Oh, well, then, yeah, I am. I hope you're well. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I I'm guess you were right. talking to the audience. Well, I was talking to you too. I was talking yeah. to I was talking to everybody in the room. Yeah. Are you well, Billy? Billy? He's always well. He's Billy always Ray well. Walrus. Yes, exactly. Before we go any further, Peter, mm. this podcast is sponsored on a week-to-week basis by a real company. If you carry on, I'm just you checking just, my hair. You're just preening. I forgot to do it before I... Not that I, I don't... I don't put a lot of effort in, but I just wanted to make sure it wasn't, you know, doing that or that or... Looks great. Did you just dab accidentally? Yeah, possibly, yeah. I think you may have just dabbed. Please continue. Peter has uh, has the ad read there. I do for this week. Mm. Uh, take it away. So you know when um, you know when you got a, a corpse. Yes. You know when you've got a corpse to deal with. Ah, always. And yeah. It's 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 real. It's a real nightmare because you know they go all they go all stiff. They go all rigor mortis. Mm-hmm. Rigor mortis. Uh, they go all stink- stinkums after mm-hmm. a while and cold, and there's, it's just not a very convenient thing to move around. The worst thing that not a lot of people know about is they get really sort of rough oh. and sort of, you know, like um, um, like a pommel stone. Yeah, yeah, a, p- a pumice stone. Pumice, a, pommel, a hummus, like a hummus stone, like a hummus stone, like a, a pommel horse. A pommel horse is a pommel horse doing gymnastics, on. like Horace's horse. They do go just like a pumice stone. Yes. Um, Fortunately, there's a new service in town that will help with your rough-skinned uh, corpses. In town? In town. Uh, just call 0800... And get in touch with uh, Death Sanding. Oh! The Death Sanding Company. Okay. They will come around, deal with any of your dead, yeah. and just sand them right down. So they're silky smooth, as smooth as a as a as a dead baby's bum. 
Oh, oh goodness. Oh, God, I what, really... What are the applications, Peter, for a smooth dead body? What what can I do with my new smooth corpse? Uh, well, uh, they're much more comfortable to sleep on. Right. Uh, not uh, with, just on. That's a big problem I have. Yeah. Um, you can... Um, oh, I don't know. They wipe clean easier. Mm-hmm. Um, no crevices. No crevices there. If you spill, like, strawberry jam or um, pizza sauce or... Yeah. Uh, you know, um, piss mushroom, toy slime, piss mushroom. Yeah, uh, it all comes right off. Okay. Um, and they also just look better to be with. Okay. You know, if you sort of prop them up in some sort of uh, contraption and walk them around town as though they're actually alive and they're your your partner. Mm. Um, they they just look better. Like weekend at hideous. Yeah, it's like an yeah exactly. It's like an exfoliator service for your corpses. So just call Death Sanding today, and they will sort that out for you right now. Amazing. I do have a question though. Yeah. Uh, will the death sanding affect the facial features of the deceased? No. It's, no. It's all natural, organic processes uh, okay. that um, don't affect faces. I trust you. Yeah. And I trust. The person who runs Death Sanding implicitly, I'm sure he or he, definitely he, has done a great job. Well, the thing is, he's done, he's had really good companies before, so this one can't be bad. No. That's how it works, isn't Exactly. It? Do you remember the company that turned off your PlayStation 1? Yeah. I loved that one. Yeah. It was called um, My Gear is Solid, mm. and it was phenomenal. Yeah, he. it was a service where they, they made parts of your machinery just more firm and, and durable. My, mm-hmm. my Gear is Solid. And because he did a good job of my gear is solid, definitely the death sanding service, it can it can do no wrong. It's going to be absolutely, yeah. objectively brilliant. Mm. But that's a lie, because not only is that advert, I've removed it, totally fake. It's gone. It's gone. As has a bit of the question. Oh, it's yeah. fine. That's... As sort of your plug on the, what what is what's on the second page there. What Some of the social medias. Some of the, you know them. You know yeah. them all. Anyway, not only is that a lie, but it's also a lie about death stranding. Bit. It's gone down his shirt. Hmm. Death Stranding being objectively brilliant. Yeah. Before we get any further, thank you to everybody who asked questions about Death Stranding. We know that by the time this is released, the reviews are out. The game is out. We have not played it yet. Yes, of course. There are reviews that differ wildly in their in their appreciation of this game, just as we always, all of us knew. Yeah. It was never going to be another Metal Gear Solid. It's too weird to to for everyone to say it's great. We are going to play it. But it won't be until next week, mm-hmm. so we will uh, we will reserve talking about it too much until then. Yeah. Yes, but in terms of sponsors, mm. the real sponsors are our wonderful supporters over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. You can support us from one dollar over there, and then you can submit questions for the show. Speaking of which, Peter. Yeah. We've got Christopher Ridge here. Christopher Ridge. Do you spy him? I've been there on holiday. On Christopher's Ridge. It's a very nice place for a, a bit of glamping. Christopher Ridge. What do you take along to your glamp usually? Um, glamour camping. Uh, glamour camping is what this a is. A bit of um, bit of makeup and a nice wig, mm-hmm. a pretty frock. That's yeah. what the glamour is, isn't it? I think so. And a little bit of moniker I've heard as well. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Ridge says, "What protagonist from any game would you say would you uh, most admire or aspire to be?" Uh, I find B.J. Blaskowitz from the most recent Wolfenstein... Uh, did I say Wolfenstein? Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein uh, games to be uh, the pinnacle of healthy masculinity and heroism. Uh, I find the sincerity behind the con- uh, character and writing to be truly 
inspirational. He's a good boy, BJ, isn't he? He is a good boy. He's, he's got some genuinely touching backstory moments and the monologue in his head is is always talking about his wife and and during the the first and second game about his unborn children slash mm. childs. Yeah. And then when, when he appears in this year's mega fart, Wolfenstein Youngblood, yeah. it's all about raising his girls to, to kick ass and be, you know, self-possessed and powerful and, 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 you know. What a guy. Cool. He's a really good dude. And you look at him and you think, look at this meathead. Yeah. But actually, he's a, he's a nice boy. He is. He's a good boy, that beach. Um, I've got a couple of answers here. Mm. Uh, one of them I'll, I'll just do quickly because it's actually pretty much the same answer as I gave, I think, in the last podcast when we were asked, what character from a horror game would you be? Right, okay. Uh, Leon Kennedy, I just oh. think, is like the pinnacle of... Uh, he's not the same kind of man's man as BJ Blazkowicz is. Mm. Uh, you know, I think Leon is a bit more metrosexual. Yes. He probably uses a lot of moisturizer. I think he does. Um, Product but, in his hair. You know, he's still a great action hero you kind of feel like he can just handle anything that Mm -hmm. will get thrown at him and i'd love to be that guy so him but uh to give an answer that's not the same as last week um peter parker slash spider-man from pt parks pt parks from uh the spider-man uh playstation game okay um i mean i guess almost any spider-man i would aspire to be in terms of the superhero abilities but even just peter parker as a guy particularly in that game He's really clever. Mm. Uh, he's got a beautiful ex-girlfriend. Yes. Um, you know, everyone seems to like him. The only issue is he can't seem to pay his rent. But no. if he was that clever, he'd just leave, leave Oscorp and go and just go and work for, not Oscorp, uh, Octavius Industries. Industries, I think. yeah. And go and work for Oscorp or somewhere yeah. else. Just earn more money and then live like a king. Yeah, what an idiot. Yeah. If I mean I wish he, so clever. wish he had the time for it, but he's too busy crime well, fighting. I know, there's that too. He's a very relatable guy as well. Yeah, he because, is. Because, you know, we're all sw- everyone everybody swings from building to building metaphorically. <laughs> yeah. Uh no, there's there's a certain bit in it where he's texting MJ and it's just not Michael Johnson. He's texting MJ and it's very Or Michael Jackson. Or Michael definitely not that guy. No. And I think everybody has been there regardless of gender and life experience Mm. where he's sending a message. It's sort of like, I think they've fallen out over something and he's just sat there wearing his Spidey suit on top of a building, just sort of rocking back and forth like, oh, come on, please, please. And you can see she starts replying and then stops. Mm -hmm. And he's like, ah. And that's very relatable. I think there's that other bit where she's asked him to like meet for dinner to talk about the case that they're working on you know not necessarily to rekindle the relationship mm. and he's like swinging along and he's like in his head he's 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 either practicing what he's going to say on the phone or what he's going to write in a text and he's like mm. hey mj he's like no no, no that's not and it, yeah. so hey 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 mary jane no no i can't do that Too and formal. we've all we've all done that as well just yeah. sat there and done ridiculously specific iterations from one to the next. No, I can't do that. It's all the same. Yeah. Just say, hey, I I want to give you a good evening with a dinner and uh, come come round for a glass of wine afterwards. <laughs> Where you were going with and that And come round for <laughs> holy, a glass of wine afterwards. Holy buckets, babe. Yeah. Your face is cake and I'm going to eat it. Say whatever you like and they'll, you know, just be yourself. They're the right person. They'll, they'll like it. They'll be Unless all about that. Unless being yourself means 
sending a message saying, I want to make you come round for a, a glass of wine, you know, because don't, that's not. No. Some people are into that, but make sure you know the person first. Anyway, yeah. that's why P.T. Parks is is a good boy. Mm. I've written Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy so You said you've ridden him. God, uh, it's all well, going off. It's not Valentine's Day yet. No. We'll see, though. Yeah. So he is initially cold and quite hateful towards mm. everybody. He doesn't really know what his past is. I mean, it's a. I feel hesitant to talk about spoilers for Final Fantasy VII, the twenty-year-old game, because it's coming it's out again soon. soon. Yeah. So a lot of people won't have uh, won't have exp- or might not have experienced it, and are waiting. Yeah, so I true. won't go into detail. But basically, he's got a really nice character arc where he goes through all sorts of emotional trauma and turmoil, and has complete identity crises, mm. and he grows closer to his his sort of. A wacky group of friends slash family as he goes, and by the end, he's just sort of like an inspirational leader of these people who's who's leading the charge against the destruction of the planet, and he's trying to save it. Whereas at the start, he's just like, "I don't care. I'm just here for the money." Yeah, and it's a it's a cool arc, and we, he looks great in a dress. We both pick people with foppish hair, haven't we? Well, Leon Kennedy and foppish and spiky. Well, yeah, I guess I suppose if you spiky. take the product out, then yeah. I just mean it. It moves in the. It's sort of in mysterious swayed. ways. Yeah, it is its own its own being. Yeah, the hair symbiote from mm. Spider Man. Yes, has them both. So that's what I'd go for. I'd go for a little bit of cloud in my mm-hmm. life. Okay, and that's that question. Yeah, it's time, Peter, for a new section. We've never done it before. It's called Woop 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 Uh, Peter, Woop Question mark. Uh, I burper. My initials. Yeah. Uh, I, I have been playing um, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Oh, the, uh, the, the new one. The, the one that people don't like very much. <laughs> um, so Is they, the update fixed? They fixed it. Okay. Okay, so that, that has happened. So as I mentioned previously, either on the last, last podcast or maybe not even that, it might have been in a live stream or something, uh, there was an update, a recent update, that like broke the game for all console users who they kept, it was just like crashing their PlayStation and corrupting their save data. Uh, fortunately, I had my save data backed up, but it was all bad, couldn't play the game, and I was annoyed because it was the first time I'd booted it up for a long time because they'd done they'd added a load of content and I was like oh I'll give this a go and no it was broken but uh they fixed it um it's now working you know as well as it normally does which is not a hundred percent well but uh you know pretty good it's just occasional choppiness but it's always had that which isn't great uh but nevertheless I'm still quite enjoying it um they've got a mode I don't know if you've heard of Ewok Hunt have you heard of that? I've not heard of that. Do you remember in the old Star Wars Battlefront 2, there was a game mode, not as popular as, you know, Heroes versus Villains or Galactic Conquest, that was called Hunt, uh, where one team would be some kind of uh, regular soldiers, either stormtroopers or rebels, mm-hmm. um, and the other team would actually be some kind of indigenous wildlife. Oh. And this is in the original Battlefront 2. It was really good. So there was one where... I think you could be Tusken Raiders and or Jawas versus... Or in fact, I think it was Tusken Raiders versus Jawas in Tatooine, hmm. which is really cool. Uh, they did one where it was Rebels versus Wampas in the Hoth uh, Echo Base, the Wampas with the big Yeti fellas. Right. Uh, and uh, there was also one that was Stormtroopers versus Ewoks on the moon of Forest Moon of Endor. Hmm. So now in the current Battlefront 2, they've added 
essentially a, a, a replica of the latter, where you play as stormtroopers and uh, there's Ewoks coming after you. But it acts as a sort of... Um, it's like an infection game mode where there's only like two Ewoks at the start, mm-hmm. but if they kill a stormtrooper, the stormtrooper becomes an Ewok, like respawns right, as an I Ewok. See. But it's all presented in this almost sort of survival horror oh my god kind of scenario where it's like guerrilla stealth tactics from the ewoks and it's pitch black you've got a torch on your gun that's the only thing that you have um and without the torch you can't actually see at all and the torch slowly runs down to zero and then it like has to recharge for about three seconds so you occasionally have to turn your light off and all all you hear is mostly silence. There's a lot of like, you know, just sort of waiting around almost in in fear of the Ewoks. And then now and then you'll just hear, you'll hear like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh and my like, God. Come at you. I hate that. And sometimes they, you can, uh, the Ewoks have an ability that like buffs them. But in order to activate it, they have to blow their horn. So they go like, just in the dark. Oh God. It's actually really quite like, it sounds frightening. Atmospheric, yeah. I don't like it. Um, so they, that mode has been around for a while, but they recently added um, a costume for Han Solo and Luke Skywalker, um, the ones that they're wearing when they get their medal in A New Hope. And uh, the Han Solo one, you just buy with the in-game credits that you earn for winning matches. Mm. But the Luke Skywalker one, you will be able to buy, I think, going forward. But until, uh, I think, a couple of days ago, at time of recording, um, you could unlock that by killing so many people in a game of Ewok Hunt. Um, So I ended up playing a bit of that, even though I don't normally. And uh, yeah, it was quite fun. Quite enjoyed it. Would have been better in in the spooky season, but the game was broken in late October. They really just smashed it, didn't they? Yeah, they really did. So uh, yeah, I've been been playing some of that, and I carried on playing it even after I'd got my Luke Skywalker costume. Hmm. And I'm looking forward to the the Rise of Skywalker content that will be coming soon. Don't know what it's going to be, but... Yeah, rising just big old uh, Skywalker scrapers. Just a big, yeah, a giant Luke Skywalker yeah. comes out of the ground in every map. Yeah, it's going to be the new new spook week. That's what happens in the film as well. I think so. I've that's heard that. That's why it's called I've seen rise the leaked of Skywalker. Yeah. Or something that, or it's some kind of porno. Maybe we'll see that. Possibly, yeah. Could be either. Could be either. Ben, huh. will you play? So I play uh, a little bit more Borderlands Three Endgame stuff. Mm. Just. Uh, it took me way too long to discover that actually the Halloween event that's still ongoing that the quest he gives you is repeatable. And oh. I didn't realize. Okay. I was like, oh, he's got a new quest. We did it three times before we thought, <laughs> hang on. This, hmm. Really? We, we just sort of assumed that we were going back to the same area and maybe the difficulty was raised a right. little bit. Yeah. But then on our on the fourth occasion it popped up, we actually paid proper attention to what the quest was called and it was just identical. So, uh. like, okay, never mind then. Won't, be, won't do that again. Um, but finished off, God, I got to level 50. Yeah. I finished off, which is the level cap, uh, finished off the, oh, there are trials you can do. Oh. Did all the trials. Now there's just like, it's just mopping up, really. And yeah. then I should have that, that platy, plat, plat, platinum. Platypus. Yes, that platypus. Duck build platinum. Excited for the first proper DLC to come out. 
I'm not sure when that is. I know they've announced it already, but I've got the season pass. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to it. Big thank you to Patrick Fenn, our friend over at Gearbox, for sending us an additional copy of Borderlands 3. Thank you, Patrick. So we've got one in the office as well, which makes it so much easier to like cover it and stuff, in it. Mm. Uh, so I've been playing that. Played a little bit more WWE 2K20 because it's just a horror show I can't look away from, apparently. Yeah, like a just, car crash on the motorway. Yeah, I'm just morbidly fascinated to see in what new horrifying ways it can go wrong. I've just got I've got quite the selection of clips on my PS4 saved now. Oh, yeah. Just like when people roll out the ring and their entire bodies just contort horrifically, oh, no. uh, getting caught up in the ropes and just sort of your entire torso being dragged back a few feet. You know, just normal, normal stuff that happens in WWE. Yeah. It's very exciting. And uh, finally, at the time of listening, I will be having my biannual game weekend with my friends. That seems to come around quite quick. Yeah, well, the first one was in March or April. Was it? Yeah, or maybe March or February. Yeah, a while ago. Yeah. So that was Bloodborne. We played through all of Bloodborne, me and a couple of friends. And now it's Dark Souls 3. We're going to play through Dark Souls 3. And they're coming up here, which is nice, so I don't have to go on a pilgrimage. Yeah. And it's super convenient because all the food in the world is available on Deliveroo and Uber Eats and Just Eat. Fantastic. Whereas, you know, going to some going to some small town slash village doesn't really doesn't really give you the same options. Yeah, you're so it right. It just means I won't have to leave and I'll be able to play through Dark Souls three and I'm very excited for a whole for that. weekend. Yeah. So that's what I've been playing. Not a huge amount else, really. We'll have played Lu- Luigi's Mansion 3. Yeah. I played um, Jedi Outcast on stream and mm-hmm. hated almost every minute of it. <laughs> I can see that it's a good game, but it was just so difficult. Like, it was one of those where if I wasn't streaming it, I'd probably have a lot more fun. Right. But it's the whole juggling of chat and and just everything. There are certain games that just don't work for yeah. streaming, in my opinion. Not in the same way. Unless unless you guys are happy just to sit there and not be interacting yeah, with exactly. at all. Yeah, Because some streamers do that. And some streamers sort of strike a pretty good balance of occasionally looking at chat but concentrating on the game. But... That's not how we do it, really. We no. like chat is a very big part of our stream, so we have to play a game that actually lets us, that allows us the the to mental not faculties concentrate to so much on the game at to the same interact time. with you. Yeah. There we go. Question two is from Luke Bentley. Oh, nice car, Luke. Mm. Mm. Video games today are coming out at an incredible speed and volume, but do you think there are any genres? Yes, genres that somehow don't seem to get much representation. I'm surprised no one has tried to go into westerns with the success of Red Dead Redemption, for example. Mm. Firstly, uh, it's been a little while, but Call of Juarez did do uh, western kind of stuff after Red Dead. The original one, because the PS3 ones were not good at all. But that certain games have done. Um, I suppose it's just. Games are so expensive to make, Peter. Mm-hmm. And when you've got something like Red Dead Redemption 2, yeah. why would you even try to compete with that? Yeah, I guess so. It's a little bit like um, the, when True Crime Streets of LA came out and everyone said, oh, it's going to be the new GTA. GTA killer. And it wasn't. And, uh, you know, it is that thing of there's almost, there's you know, you look at a genre and some of them, you kind of feel like, why would I ever bother dabbling? You know, some some genres do lend themselves to a bit of healthy competition, and that's a good thing. You know, I think the classic example that people cite nowadays is that, oh, Bethesda are going to have to up their game with their fantasy open-world sandbox RPG Can't games. be doing that no more. Because of Witcher 3. Um, and uh, so that's, that's always a good thing. But, yeah, I guess, you know, it would be nice to maybe have some more Westerns, but... Yeah, how do you, especially since the second 
Red Dead uh, Redemption came out. Like, how how do you possibly compete with that? Like, they've thought of everything mm-hmm. in that it's like an actual Western sim. It's not just, you know, if they brought out a game where it's like, oh, this like in this game you specifically play as like, you know, you're a bank robber and uh, it's all these bank robbing missions and you just have a house that you live in. Mm. And it was a, a more like linear narrative. Then you could say, okay, well, there's room for a train robber or a cattle rancher mm. or a Native American. Um, but it, it kind of allows you to do so many things in your spare time between missions that it's like they've covered all bases. No one can compete with that. No. Um, yeah, it's it's just when you look at the the dominant, especially in genres, as you say, that are, that are not particularly well served Mm. Uh, if there's a game that is just undeniably top dog especially i suppose western is is a good example because there really aren't that many western games at all and there haven't been for a while but when you go to it it, it's difficult to define any other genre like that cyberpunk is fitting into essentially a cyberpunk Cyberpunk. future yeah um there, I suppose there have been games like that, but nobody really has done it with the scope yeah, that they true. have. And any other game that's going to be set in that sort of period mm. is only ever going to be compared unfavorably to it. Yeah. So there's there's a, probably a sense of self-preservation for developers and publishers just to stay away. Mm-hmm. And equally, it's not going to stop indie developers. I can guarantee you that there are hundreds of indie games set in the West and yeah. hundreds of indie games set in cyberpunk future land. But they will be of wildly differing quality. Yeah. And they're not going to offer you the same thing that Cowboy Simulator 2K19 can mm. from Rockstar Games where people worked, you know, six six week days yeah. <laughs> or whatever it was that they were supposed to be working. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, you've got to, these, these companies have got to decide what they think that they can actually do well in. And if they're going to go toe to toe with a big, co- I think definitely someone, maybe uh, THQ Nordic, should go toe-to-toe with 2K over a wrestling license, yeah. for sure, because 2K are not doing great. Um, but equally, you know, nobody can go after EA with a Star Wars license because what are they going to do? Apart from, you know, maybe make an Outer Worlds first-person shooter, but the even if the first-person shooter controls are amazing and it plays brilliantly, it's not going to have the license of Han Sorbo and Luke Skywalker it backing a, it up. It's a license thing sometimes. You know, you can make the best space opera you know battlefield style game in the world but yeah if it's not got a certain brand behind it Mm. um then the the branded one is always going to win there are some like definitely i think time periods is like the is the main thing that i would like to see more like certain time periods rather than genres uh in particular like um i really enjoyed i talk about it quite a lot um far cry primal Mm -hmm. um i i really like the idea of a game set so far back into human history that uh you know you really don't have a lot of gadgets to play with you just sort of building spears out of stones and sticks and there are a, a fair few games like that now there's um you know you could argue that uh ark is the game i was looking for <laughs> ark ark <laughs> turned into a crow for a minute ark. There. Uh, ark survival uh starts in that sort of thing um there's that game that's come out, uh, I think it's out on PC now, not yet on console, but will be soon, called Ancestors, uh, like the human odyssey or something like that, mm. where you start as like a chimp or some sort of 
old great ape that no longer exists, and you slowly evolve over time. That's cool. Um, also, uh, uh, Michel Ancel, uh, Michel Incel, uh, no, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> no. Uh, as well as his work at Ubisoft, worked with a company called, I think, Wild Sheep or Black Sheep, and they're making a game that was shown at E3 years ago called Wild. I was about to talk about that. That's a PlayStation exclusive, was it? Supposed to be. I think it's so. It's still pre-orderable on Amazon. It's and mad. They're saying, you know, there's no word that it's been cancelled, but it's just sort of vaporware. It looked really good. Like, the game that the gameplay that they showed, uh, it's this whole thing where you're like a, a sh- sort of a shaman in some sort Neolithic of fictional time. Neolithic time, yeah. And you can sort of possess different animals. And uh, I think look, it, it's really up my street, but it just, mm. you know, it's not there. I, I, yeah, I was about to say that, actually, because that's one that jumps to mind. Uh, but yeah. it's just been silent for years. And I think there was a multiplayer element as well, where people right. could just sort of all jump in and possess different animals and stuff. I, it's a nice idea, but I don't know how that plays out in terms of an actual game. No. Uh, you know, with an end goal. Uh, I would like to see more mascot races. Yeah. We've got Sonic and we've got Mario and we've had Crash Team Racing Remake. mm I feel like we're not very well served in that regard, though. I love a kart racer, and yeah. there are so many crap ones that I'd like to see more with perhaps well-known licenses behind them. Yeah. As ridiculous as it would be, a PlayStation All-Stars kart racer, I think, would be really good fun. That sounds great. If it was competently made. Mm. We had Mod Nation Racers, which was like Little Big Planet, mm-hmm. but for but for kart races where you could make your own tracks and customize your racer and stuff, but it it never really took off. Yeah. So I just want a good, fun kart racer with known licenses in it. And that's what I'd like to see a bit more of. Mm-hmm. I don't think that genre is very well served at all. Yeah. I also love the, uh, not quite steampunk, like I think some people call it like gas lamp punk or Ooh. something vibe of um, Dishonored. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, I as much as I like my Neolithics, I like my, uh, my uh, Victorian games. I enjoyed... Um, uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, yeah. uh, but unfortunately that was set. That was an Assassin's Creed game. So <sighs> although the world was really great, you're also just like fighting Templars, and I don't really want to do that. Boring. Don't make me do that. Don't make me do that. Please. Meh. Thank you very much for that question, Luke. It's mm. not necessarily a weird one, but something weird is about to happen. It is. It's time uh, for weird news. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's time for weird news. I've got some weird news for you. I don't believe that you do. I just shrunk I... about one inch <laughs> if you're watching on the video because I've just readjusted my cushion. To, took his cushion off. Took it from the, the seat to the back. He was previously he previously had his cushion mm. and now he's got his cushion off. Yeah. Um, so I'm an even tinier Peter all of a sudden. Mm. Um, news me. Oh, I've got some actual... Oh, oh, our elbows oh, just touched. Goodness, that's a bit weird. Oh, uh, I, Yeah, I do also have some actual... Weird news from the gaming... Oh, I thought that's what you were talking about. I didn't realise you were doing Kush news. That was the... Yeah, well, both. Um, yeah, but uh, I've, I've got I've got something for you right now. Okay. I'd like to start with a headline. Yeah. The, 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 um, the article wasn't interesting enough to, for it to actually be my weird news, but I'd just like to read this to you. Uh-huh. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2... Uh, oh, no, I was going to read it off the URL, but it's just sort of keywords. Um, I'll, okay. I'll, I will open the article. Okay. okay. Even with a $1,200 graphics card, you still can't max out Red Dead Redemption 2 on PC. Okay. So you can't get 60 FPS uh, even with a the top the, the most expensive top-end consumer-level graphics card. Uh, that's according to NVIDIA. Wow. Uh, they recommend you know various settings, and you still can't get 60 FPS. So Red Dead 2 is finally out on PC now, is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, and there was an event where the press went and they played it in uh, on these computers. I don't know if it was a, a like a sort of a, a Red Dead event or actually an NVIDIA event, but they were playing it um, at what looked like top settings, but they were told that actually, no, even that, that wasn't actually as good as it, Jesus it was supposed to be able to be. Uh, anyway, mm. that's that. Uh, this just in, weird news. Criminals are using virtual money in video games to launder dirty money. Um, what? Yeah. The, the criminals are money laundering in video games. Okay. Is it EA? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is according to Screenshot Magazine. We, Ooh, we don't know don't that Don't know one. that one. Uh The history of gaming is a long and complicated one, but the last few decades have seen a transformation happening because of the video game industry, specifically as a result of personal computers, video games consoles that... What what is this weird description? I I understand how gaming works, thank you very much. Um, uh, But essentially it says um, some people think that video games are bad and shouldn't happen, and bad things happen if you play games. Yeah. Uh, and recently something happened that almost kind of proves that point to a certain extent. Oh. Uh, the Counter-Strike Global Offensive game, which was initially launched in 2012, had more than 18 million unique users per month. Run by the gaming company Valve, Counter-Strike Global Offensive pits players against each other in two teams. The basic structure is they have to protect certain objects, try and garner loot and winnings, while eliminating the other team at the same time. During this time, uh, gamers could earn loot, uh, loot boxes, but in order to open them, they had to buy a key from Valve. Okay. Okay. Uh, but this was only possible through the internal Steam marketplace, using real money. Boxes and keys were tradable on the Steam marketplace. 
A vice investigation found that the majority of transactions that were taking place in this way were actually part of a worldwide, completely real fraud network. Whoa. As a result, nearly all of these transactions were identified as fraud sourced, where criminals were using them as money laundering. Um, the uh, Counter-Strike Global Offensive was previously in the news for financial-related misdeeds. Financial-related misdeeds. Yeah, when two very popular streamers encouraged their fans to bet on certain cosmetic upgrades and attributes in the game without divulging that they would benefit financially as a result. Mm -hmm. But here's the money laundering. In order to launder money through a video game, a few different things have to happen. Cybercriminals hack into accounts, often unprotected or without two-factor authentication, and are able to use strings of numbers... Uh, of stolen credit cards to purchase in-app money. These items and currency can then be resold uh, on an online grey market, which I guess is not quite as bad as a black market, No, uh, for a fraction of the price. So they sell them effectively at a loss. Um, But because they're reselling them, Mm. then the the source of that money gets a bit lost in the transaction. Mm -hmm. And so... It's no longer obvious to either Valve or banks that that money was garnered through hacking into someone's account and using stolen credit cards. Oh, dear. Um, So that's essentially how it works. Now, this article goes on to say, uh, since this has been discovered, Valve said it will be shutting down its online marketplace in order to stop such fraudulent practices from proliferating further. Um, While Valve dealt with the problem quickly and efficiently by shutting down the entire marketplace altogether, this might not have been so easy for smaller game developers, and it's likely they'll see ramifications in terms of user satisfaction. I can't find anything to confirm that Valve have shut down their entire online marketplace. I feel like I would have heard about this if that's not true. true. What they've done is uh, made it so that you can't now buy keys for these boxes on the online marketplace. What's the name of this website? Uh... Uh, let me scroll up. Screenshot Magazine. You're a bad website. You're a bad website. I've even got a quote here, not from the article. This is from elsewhere, yep. from Valve, that clearly states they're not shutting down the marketplace. It just okay. says, at this point, nearly all key purchases that end up being traded or sold on the marketplace are believed to be fraud sourced, Valve said in a statement. Oh As a result, we've decided that newly purchased keys will not be tradable or marketable. So okay. what they're saying is... If you've bought a key, which you may have bought using a false, a stolen mm. credit card, you can't then just immediately sell it. Um, so they've shut down the marketplace under sort of those specific. M- yeah, metaphorically, in the sense that you cannot yeah. do that for keys anymore, but the no. marketplace is there. It is, yeah. That is a, a poor, poor misunderstanding there from that website. It is. It was also badly written. I really struggled to read that one out. But, uh, some, that's some weird news right there, Peter. It is pretty weird. Have you got something else that's weird and new? I have. This is from Polygon, and it was written by our good friend Owen's Good. Oh, Owen is good. Yeah. Owen is good. And he writes better than that company whose name I've already forgotten. Better than most. Call of Duty Modern Warfare has a wild Easter egg. An Activision game console. What? 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 The act. The subtitle says "Actor-based console comes in 120 gigabytes configuration." Here we go. So th- this has no spoilers in. It's just it's just in our level. Okay. 
As you're traipsing through the early goings of Call of Duty Modern Warfare, note the debris in the London Electronics Store. In this canon, Activision has released a console, and its controller is the most jacked-up take on twin analogue gamepads that you can imagine. Hmm. Meet the Actibase, which comes with a wireless controller, HDMI and a, uh, sorry, AC, AC, bloody hell, AC power cables, Infinity Ward, uh, mocked up a console kiosk for the... I'm, I'm struggling to read it because my microphone's in there. Hang on, I'm an old man. Let me try this again. <clears throat> okay. Infinity Ward mocked up a console kiosk for the... Con for the oh, my God, Peter, help. What's happening? Help Infinity Peter. Ward knocked up a console kiosk for the fake console or something. What? No, no, no. Let me try again. Uh, I will get it right. Infinity Ward mocked up a console kiosk for the electronics store level, and so it needed a piece of hardware to fit the look. It's doubtful that console it's doubtful that console partners, Microsoft or Sony, would want their merch shot up, much less presented next to a slew of dead bodies which are off camera in our screenshots here. The packaging seems to show screenshots from past Call of Duty games that appears to be Infinite Warfare at the far left and at the far right, Call of Duty Call of Duty Dog from Ghosts, both Infinity Ward joints. But check out this decidedly unfunky controller. So there you go, Peter. There's the controller there. Oh. Screenshot's really dark for some reason. I mean, it's, it looks quite PlayStation-y in terms of its color. Like, if you got a red PlayStation controller, it would yeah. sort of be like that, but... It's yeah, it's not very good. It's, it's weird. First of all, the un uh, uh, oh, I'm gonna have to go to bed, Peter. I'm really yeah. sorry. We're gonna have to do this tomorrow. It's okay. First of all, the unergonomic layout of the face buttons is much worse than their Roman numeralizing. That's a that's a bloody sentence, isn't it? Oh, Owen's not so good today. Next, well, no, I think it's us. Look at that D-pad. Safe to say, this is not the console for the fighting games community. Speaking of ergonomics, how about the console's big power button? Just begging a curious household pet to disconnect you mid-match. <laughs> so there's the console there. Mm. There it is. There's the active base. Yeah. So it's got like that a, is a big power button. It's got a whole setup and kiosk. Also, that controller is horrifying. Oh no. So bad. Uh, but it's it's set up in a kiosk. There's also like a fake box for it and everything, uh, which I'm now struggling to find. Maybe this is actually them announcing their new console. Wouldn't that be crazy? There it is. For some reason, when I was on. PC, and I was looking at it on my computer web browser. Mm. I could see these screenshots really clearly, but in the embedded Maybe phone mobile is article, it's just, it's just very, very hard to see. Mm. Activision was one of the first third-party console publishers, going back almost 40 years now, but never has the company had hardware ambitions. If the actor base is any indication, it should stay that way. Nice, destructible prop for an energetic shootout, but with only 120 gigabytes on board, it could hold maybe Bond Warfare and a couple of arcade titles. Shake my head. <laughs> so there we go. There is an... Uh, the actor base is a console within Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And it's a bad one. And it's a real bad one. Oh. So keep an eye out for it when you're on the London level. Sorry for for just slipping over every sentence in that article. That well, was, you've made me feel a bit better about mine. I really struggled with that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to blame Owen, though. Is that yeah. Fun? Anyway. Down with Owen. No, thanks, Owen, for, thanks. Your, for your sleuthing. Thanks, Arthur. As usual. Let's thank another person. Mm -hmm. Let's thank Kieran Smith, Peter. Kieran Smith, thank you. Thank you. For question number three of today's podcast. Kieran Smith asks... Have you got any gaming regrets, i.e. game or console you passed on but wish in hindsight you hadn't? Um, mm. yeah, sort of. Well, well, um, well, um is it sort of? Is it though? Mm, well, 
What have you got? Um, I do wonder whether I should have had a PS3 is, is my big thing. Okay. And I think the reason I hesitate is because actually it's not that I forewent an entire generation. I just had a 360 instead. And I had wonderful times on my Xbox 360. You know, I played loads and loads of Halo 3 multiplayer on Xbox Live. Um, I, I played Halo Reach as well. Uh, I, you know, talk big game about Condemned, Criminal Origins. I think it's one of the best Xbox exclusives out there. Um, but but the, the issue I now kind of feel I have is that I'm back with Sony. I had a PS1, a PS2. I'm now on PS4. And I kind of just feel like it would have been nice to just have, you know, like an unbroken run of, of PlayStations or, or Sony consoles so that, like, mm. there wasn't a whole chunk of Sony history that I sort of missed out on. You know, there's certain games that have uh, gone across generations that are still being made now. Like, I might have... I, I probably would have liked to play some of the God of War games. Mm. Um, Resistance. Yeah. Infamous. Infamous. Uh, you know, just various... Echo Chrome. Right. Super Rubber Dub. Yes. Various PS3 exclusives. That Pain. I don't even know about, barely, because uh, I didn't even have one. Warhawk. Warhawk. Starhawk. Motorstorm Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. That's the worst one. Oh, no. Uh, Gran Turismo Prologue. No, you're all right. You can keep that one. Uh, what else have we got? I'm just trying to think of the games that I suffered through in the early days. <laughs> Unreal Tournament 3. Oh. You could have played that on your other one. Well, that's just because you were disappointed with the lack of story. Yeah, there was no story in there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in that respect, it might have been nice to just fill that fill that gap so I had a complete run mm. of the PlayStations. But, uh, you were far from alone, though. A lot of people did that, didn't they? They mm. went to 360 and then they came back for PS4. Just that price point. That's yeah. partly why I don't regret it is because, God... It was crazy, crazy expensive. I saved up for a long, 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 long time to get that thing. Mm -hmm. All of my paper round money. Yeah, all of your tuppences. All of my tuppences. It took me, it t I did it though. I got there. I saved up for it all, 400 and God knows what else. Uh, did you money. get tips on your paper round at Christmas? Uh, did like not Mrs. Goggins, really. did, did, I bet Mrs. Goggins just gave you like a tangerine or something and you were like, it was not a lot. Go back, go back in the house, Mrs. Goggins. I want a fiver. I threw it at her. Yeah. As she, as she took the paper. You sold it on the grey market. I did. Yeah. yeah. And then Valve shut it down. Mm. No, sadly not. I didn't get a great deal of, of tips. No, but, we used uh, to tip our paper boy. We got a little bit, but not from everybody. Maybe it was just the postman uh, and the milkman. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm just the paper boy. No one gives a damn about him no. on his micro scooter doing tricks <laughs> on, his, on his pedal bike. Slow down. Maniac. Del deliver my paper. Stop doing tricks. I think they I think they would rather I sped up, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if it wasn't a school day, they were not getting their paper until, God, <laughs> 11. Sunday. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> And even on the, on the school day, I was finishing off my paper round and I could see people waiting at the bus stop to, to catch the bus to go to school. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been, it's not always, I wasn't great at it, which is why I didn't get that. But, no, I, I do understand the lack of PS3. Yeah. It do got have, cheaper, though. It got a lot cheaper. It later. did get a lot cheaper, yeah. Yeah. Do you have a lot of, uh, or any gaming regrets? Rugrats? I, rugrats. I kind of regret not playing Metal Gear Solid earlier. Right, okay. Because when I played 
ground zeros, the sort of weird almost prologue for MGS5 mm. that came out uh, like the year before, maybe even the same year. I can't quite remember exactly, but I reviewed it. And I went to a review event for it. Mm. And I remember being shocked that this review event was only one afternoon because <laughs> it's one level and you sort right. of finish it in 40 minutes, mm -hmm. for your first playthrough. And I was like, this cannot be, right? And my whole review was saying... This, like, fundamentally, the gameplay is incredible. Yeah. Like, it's phenomenal. And the full game, if it's anything like this, is going to be amazing. But this package is a ripoff. You expect... <laughs> I was expecting a, long, a game. Yeah. yeah, I was expecting a game. Oh, and right. I didn't, didn't get one. You know, they were sending it on a disc and everything. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, after that, I was like, I really want to be excited for Metal Gear Solid Five. Mm. So, I went back, and over the course of the summer, I played Metal Gear Solid 1, 2... And three, and I played a tiny bit of four. Right. But two and three were, or three, sorry, was the was the most important one because it was set before um, MGS five was. Mm. So I played through all of those, and I absolutely loved them. Yeah. And I'm so I was gutted that because I tried to play MGS one a few times over the years, just uh, the the PS one classic version on PSP, mm -hmm. and I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Couldn't yeah. Bring myself to do it, but they're such good games. Um, I have a couple of other regrets. Regrets. Um, one of them is that I threw away all of my, all of the boxes that all of my original Game Boy stuff came in, oh, like yeah. everybody did, because oh, stupid cardboard box, get rid of that. Mm -hmm. But finding boxed uh, games consoles and games, especially if they were cardboard, mm. you know, particularly N Nintendo, that's a real get now. They've all rotted away. They're either all rotted away or everyone threw them away. Mm. So finding boxed stuff is really it's getting a very hard. Yeah. So. I'm really annoyed that I threw all those away. And additionally, I did that thing that, that a lot of people did growing up where in order to buy a new game, I traded in my old stuff. Yeah. So I don't. I have hardly any of my PS1 or PS2 games anymore. Oh, I've got, I've got most of my, all of mine. Have you? Yeah. Well, yeah, I know you have. Yeah, you've got a huge collection. It's amazing. And I think I'm jealous of that, really. Mm. Every time I come to yours and I see all your PS1 games, I'm like, man, I'd never had anywhere near that amount of PS1 games. Yeah. But I think I used to have so many games that I loved that I just got rid of because I wanted to buy some stupid tank game mm. because I was bored <laughs> or yeah. something. Uh, but I've got all my PS3 games. Yeah. Um, and I've got a lot of PS3 games. I filled one of those massive leather wallets where you put the discs oh, in. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, and there's a lot of terrible games in there as well that we need to play at some point. I'm the other way, other way around because that was sort of the time where I started doing a lot more trading in. So when I had my 360, I... You know, had quite a quite a rapid turnover of stuff. I didn't keep mm -hmm. all of those. I only kept like the ones that I really, really loved and didn't want to get rid of. But. I think I had. I, I definitely did that as well. But I've right. since gone back and rebought them. Oh, I see. Uh, a few years ago, before the PS4 came out, I started to rebuy them mm -hmm. just as I was. You know, you reach a point where you start to get very nostalgic. Yeah. For the things that you had as a kid, so that's when the Game Boy collection started. That's when you know, and you start to make a bit of money as well. Mm. You know, when you're working full time, you're like, I can buy. What should I buy? Yeah. <laughs> nonsense. How do I spend all this as soon as possible? Nonsense. I buy nonsense with it. So yeah, there's a couple of regrets there. But with your MGS one, yeah. I guess I kind of wish I'd played Final Fantasy VII and just really enjoyed yeah. it at the time because I I never played it. And now I just can't really get beyond the just the way it looks. Mm. Um, and I understand that people who did play it at the time, you know, there's this big nostalgic value to it. And, you know, 
they they're like oh you know it's beautiful in my eyes and you know it's about the gameplay as much as it's about you know what it looks like and how it sounds and i think objectively from my point of view anyway i think the nostalgia carries it a lot i think it's a sort of had kind of had to be there kind of moment mm. um I don't know though. It's hard for me to say. It's it's a difficult one. You know, some people would say to me, "No, it's not like that." I think if <laughs> I played it for the first time now, I would still really enjoy it. Um, but in any case, I'm I'm now debating whether when the remake comes out, I I feel like I definitely want to play that. But mm. should that be my first playthrough of Final Fantasy VII, or do you think I should sit and and just sort of kind of slog through a game that I don't think I'm going to enjoy very much with zero nostalgia factor. Well, firstly, I totally understand where you're coming from. Mm. I think the nostalgia carries the graphical shortcomings by today's yeah. standard for, for sure. I think the story and the gameplay are still phenomenal. I'm sure and they it definitely are, yeah. has moments where it's like, oh, this game is this game's really good looking. Mm. Spe- you know, for the time, it was really good looking. The cutscenes are good. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah, they are. I had a really tough time with Metal Gear Solid. That game looks like ass, and I, and a lot of people say no, no, it's like beautifully shot, and it's like, no, they look look at them, they look like FIFA players yeah, from, from so. nineteen, you know, from the early PS One FIFA games. Mm. Awful, it looks bad. Yeah, um, but I I pushed through it, and I ended up really enjoying it. Yeah, so I suppose yeah, if you're the the remake is going to mean so much more mm. if you experience the original music and the original story. Yeah. Even if you just play the first disc, because that more than encompasses the 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 plot that the remake is going to cover. This mm. first part of the remake is yeah. going to cover. And this is just called Final Fantasy VII Remake as well. So I don't know what they're going to call the other ones. Remake 2? Remake 3? Remake Part 3? Yeah, I mean, Weird. are they not just going to... That's what I assumed, that they would just put it in parts or numbers or... I just don't know why this first one isn't called part one. Yeah, I guess so. It sort of implies that it's the whole thing, isn't it? Yeah. But but it's not. True. Um, I would... I'd say that you should, but, you know, it's it's a time investment and you do have to stick at it. Mm. Um, But it's it's really good. Yeah. It's a good game. Very good game. It's time for something pretty big. It's even bigger from my perspective. It's time for a big discussion. Oh, I just dropped just once the paper there. Ooh, I'm really making a... That poor paper. Yeah. Big discussion time. Mm-hmm. Peter, this week the big discussion comes to us from Victoria Pennington. Thank you, Victoria Pennington. The gold medal... Is that slight pause? Is Pen- Pennington. Victoria Pennington. Pennington. The uh, gold medalist, the Olympic gold medalist for cycling. We joke, of course. That's Victoria Pendleman. Oh, uh, yes. It's of not, course. It's not Victoria Pendleman. Uh, at all. Morning, boys. Victoria Pendlewitch. Hope you. What? Hope you. Ha- hope you. Help! Hope you're having a nice week. A recent Kotaku article, Diablo Immortal has basically turned into Diablo 3 on a phone, had me wondering, where's the line between games in a series being similar slash familiar, because they are, after all, part of a series, and a developer essentially double-dipping on their product? Not talking about porting to other consoles, but playing a game and feeling you might as well play the previous iteration for all the difference between them. Is it laziness, over-reliance on known assets, or completely fine and expected and I'm being too sensitive thanks and have a lovely day well this is i mm, uh, um yeah, mm. well well um yes uh what i think about this is if it's 
on a different platform, I don't really see the problem. Mm. So with this, I mean, I don't really know what's going on with Diablo, but, uh, but you know, Diablo 3 on a phone, well, okay, but maybe you want Diablo 3 on your phone. Mm. So just get Diablo Immortal. Um, you know, I don't think there's an issue with, yeah, kind of double dipping and bringing out what is being marketed as a new different game, uh, but is essentially just your old game. But, you know, if it's on a different platform, then that's a reason to buy it, is mm. the way I see it. Um, but when, I'm, and I'm trying to think of an example, if a developer just brings out a sequel or something, which is kind of just a clone of the original, that does feel a little bit like, yeah, hang on, what are you what are you doing here? That's what I used to think rather cynically about the Call of Duty games. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they obviously have really good campaigns in them um, that a lot of people don't even bother playing. Nope. Um, because they're just doing it for the multiplayer. Uh, but I, I kind of used to think like, oh, well, that's just what... You know, they all blur into one in my head because I've not owned one for a very long time. And so I don't have enough hands-on experience with any of them to actually know which one is which when I look at footage. And I think that's that's a giveaway straight away. If like, you know, it's not even that obvious from watching 10 minutes of gameplay, like which version of the, uh, which which game you're looking at in the series. But uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. But then on the other hand, you could say, well, you know, different maps, different guns, different abilities and kill street rewards in every game. It's not just a rinse and repeat thing. You know, they they're not just the same game. They're you know, they have different things in them. So that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. I think to a certain extent, if it's a sequel or it's in the same series, it's it's sort of got to feel familiar. Yeah. Uh you know, you you do get games that have big leaps between them. Red Dead 1 and 2, for example, are, are, are worlds apart. But well, you... Red Dead Revolver to Red Dead Redemption is a completely different game. Exactly. But in terms of 1 to 2, they've, there's way more in 2, and it's presumably on, a, on an upgraded or brand new engine, and it looks gorgeous, mm-hmm. and there's, there's a million different things that you can do that you couldn't do in Red Dead 1. But you can't put, you can't put them side by side and not say, those look like the same game. Yeah. Because... Yeah, it's just that's just how it is. I feel like maybe that doesn't happen so much anymore. Mm. Um, perhaps again, cynically, you could put Hotline Miami One and Hotline Miami Two next to each other and say, "Well, it's just which one's which? It's just the same game, isn't it?" But yeah. it's as long as there's more stuff in it. Um, I do understand what Victoria is saying, though. Mm. I don't think it happens much anymore, though. No, I feel like back in the PS1 era, and I'm sure you'll you'll dispute this heavily because there will be differences. But Crash One and Two probably could have been the same game if they were on the same disc. I think. Well, Crash Two had uh, a lot of uh, improvements to it. That it 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 was a game that had new content. Mm-hmm. I think arguably Crash Two and Three are actually a lot more similar to each other. Right. Um, although you know, there's a lot of unlockable abilities in Crash 3 as well. But Crash 1, I would argue, does feel quite different to uh, to number 2 in terms of you can only spin. You can't skid or crouch. Um, you know, there's no belly flop ability in Crash 1. Yeah. Crash 1's very basic. And, you know, you've just got your islands that you're walking around one by one rather than the warp rooms. I don't know. You know, it it completely depends on like your criteria and what you count as um, being worthy of a, you know, you know what, what counts as being different enough or, you know, where, where is the line? And, 
I guess that's a very subjective thing from one person to the next. Yeah. You know, again, I would even say that maybe Spyro 2 and 3 are actually very similar mechanically. I was going to say that, actually. Yeah. Because once you start up Spyro 3, you're like, right, okay, get all the gems, get all the collectible things that are relevant to this game and not the previous one, mm. being eggs. Yeah. Do that 100% each level, defeat a boss. Move. You know, it's formulaic, yeah. but it is undeniably a, a new game. Mm. I was racking my brain trying to think of an example because I'm sure there are some, mm. but they're probably really, really low-tier PS2 games like... I know I mentioned a tank game earlier, but I did buy a tank game that I'd never heard of on PS2. And it was like maybe the second or third one in the series. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, if I get the other ones, I know that they are just more of this. I've thought of one. Yeah. The London Racer series. That's very true. Was actually just kind of re-released under various different names with slight changes to certain levels. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I don't think it happens at the top tier. No. Because even if a game is very, very similar, it is it is still a new game because it's got either a new story or... Mm. Yeah, you're right. There's a line. But I don't think it's crossed very often anymore. No. Uh, just because it's not worth it being crossed because it, the, you know, the outrage of the internet yeah. will destroy any reputation that you have. Mm-hmm. You don't want that. Maybe it happens with indie games. As I said, Hotline Miami 1 and 2... Phenomenal games. You put them side by side, you probably could have bundled them. My, uh, Hotline Miami 2 could have started directly after the end of Hotline Miami 1's last level. Yeah. And you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. But it's still a very good game. And at least, you know, it's not like they were released concurrently. You mm. know, it, it's, they made Hotline Miami 1. It did really well, probably better than the developers expected. And then they thought, oh, well, we better make a sequel. And, you know, it, in that respect, doesn't really matter if they're churning out almost identical stuff. It's just like, as long as it's not the same levels, which it's not, you know, it's all new levels, mm. then that's fine. Um, you know, no one really asked them to, right, bring out Hotline Miami 2, but also make it like really quite different. You know, everyone said, bring out more of this. I just want more of this, please. Yeah. So I feel like it's maybe a criticism levels more at wonky to bad games than mm. good ones because good ones it's like yeah more of this love it great yeah. stuff yeah but if you go and you look at for example resident evil 6 mm. and and i've gone on record and said that i actually enjoyed resi yeah. 6 because i think the co-op is really fun and you can just laugh at it the whole way through because it's it's undeniably a bit bit wank mm-hmm. but then you've got resi 5 being very similar control-wise, yeah. you think, well, I might as well just go play that. Just go do that one instead. And Resi 5 is very similar control-wise to Resi 4 as well. Yeah. They're very similar And then Resi 4 is ways. way better than both of them. Yeah. So I've, it's, it's definitely a criticism that exists and mm. is valid, but equally I feel like it's one of those things, it's just one of those criticisms that are exclusively leveled at bad games because they're bad. Yeah. They're like, I don't want to play this, I might as well play the last one. Mm-hmm. It's just one of the things that people say uh, when when faced with a sequel that's maybe not very good. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think all the examples we've been able to come up with in the, you know, that are sort of AAA-ish are like, all we're really talking about is the concept of a sequel, which is more of this good thing, please, or maybe not even good thing, but more of this, please, that sold well. Yeah. And I don't think you can criticize that at all. That's just how sequels work. Um, and if you don't like those, then God God help you with Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yeah. You might as well play Shield. Sword is rubbish. Yeah, God. 
It's just the same. I guess the one other thing probably worth that's that's somewhat relevant is again something we talked about last week, which is annual sort of episodic, well not episodic, but yeah, an, annual release games. Hmm. So the likes of your two Ks and your maybe your Fifas, Assassins, as well. Assassins, yeah. Um, Although they're know. not really annualized anymore, but no, but uh, once they were once upon a time, and uh, yeah, when. They're kind of just releasing one for the sake of, oh, well, enough has happened in a year that like we can just slightly change all the roster and stats, and now you have to buy a new one, mm. um, even though it's very similar to what was released last year. Yeah, That's a little bit like, well, okay, we shouldn't really be doing that. But going back to your example, Victoria, about Diablo on the, on the mobile mm. and thinking, well, I might as well just go play actual Diablo 3. Yeah. I think that's something a lot of people have, especially with mobile games, have, have had perhaps where it's sort of like a, a watered down, not quite as good version. You know, there's a, there's a Mario Kart game now mm. and I've, I've heard it's great. But I can guarantee that a lot of people will have played it and thought, oh, I just want to play, kind of, I just want to get my Switch and play actual Mario Kart 8 now. Yeah, that's the thing. I think, like, if 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 you buy these games, these mobile versions, thinking, oh, yes, it's another installment to the series that I really like, then you're going to play it and probably be disappointed. But if you buy it thinking, oh, this is good because I really like Diablo 3, but I can't, I can't take that on the go. Uh, what I'll do is I'll get this, uh, I'll get Diablo Immortal and I'll be able to play it on the train. Mm. Then that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, if you're going into that expecting like, you know, Diablo four or five or whatever we're on now, yeah, that's not what you're going to get. And yeah, you're right. In that respect, it's not worth, you know, getting a, a very similar game just because it's on your phone. Absolutely. Mm. Well, I hope that helps, Victoria. And uh, those of you listening slash watching at home, please let us know if there are any games that you thought that you might as well have just played the last one. Yeah. Because this is stupid. Why am I playing this watered-down re-release when I could just be playing the original OG Big big Bad Boy gangster? <laughs> the little dab it's there. A sort of sad bass. If, <laughs> if there's anything else that we've talked about that you would like to wade in and comment on, you can do in a multitude of places, Peter. Mm, yes, you can. He's just pulling the rest of his script out of his shirt now that he ripped off at the start. Excellent. Put it back together. Do you need some tape or are you good? Okay, he's good. He's got it. Yep, that's it. He's not making a meal of it at all, so it's going right. Okay. You got it? He's piecing it together. I folded it in my shirt and it's not It's not a good idea. Oh, dear. No, it won't really stay flat. <sighs> We are everywhere. Yes. Almost everywhere. At Team Triple Jump. That's YouTube and Twitch if you want to see our video and streaming content uh, forward slash Team Triple Jump. We've got a mod or two. Or two. Uh, who do uh, look after the chat when we're streaming on YouTube and Twitch. That's Lord Brotovich and Cecil Prumps. Remember, Twitch is twitch.tv, not twitch.com. Uh, we're on Twitter and Facebook slash Team Triple Jump. Uh, and uh, Luke Eldon is over on our Facebook, making it good and and crap. Making it rain. Good, yeah, making it rain with all the Facebook monies. That's, <laughs> there's, there's none of those. Um, we've got a Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where you can get all kinds of rewards. Like, uh, for example, you can go to our Discord, which is bit.ly forward slash team triple jump, moderated by Jack Bradshaw. Thank and, you, Jack. And newcomer uh, uh, Joe. Yes, of course. We've got a new mod now. 
Uh, and uh, one of the Patreon rewards is there's a special room over there just for patrons. Just for patrons. Um, oh, one other thing before mm, you continue. Yes. I believe uh, Jack is um, starting a TTT serve. Yes, that's right. So for anybody who wants to go play some Gmon, some Trouble in Terrorist Town, uh, then head over there. There's a special channel on the server, and I think there are going to be semi-regular games organized that people can come along to if they want. Oh, that sounds fun. Yes. Uh, the podcast, if you're watching the video version, you can get an audio version at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. And uh, our website is triplej.merp. We've got a store there. We've got a careers page, which has nothing on it at the moment because we're not currently looking for freelancers. But we're talking about it anyway. We might, we might, have, might want some soon, but not right now. Not right now. And that's, that's it. It's to say. That's my bit. Wonderful. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do at that Peter Austin and at confused underscore dude. Instagram at that Peter Austin and at Ben Potter 20. Mm. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday. Streams every Monday, Tuesday and Thursday. Monday and Tuesday being solo streams on Twitch and Thursday being on YouTube with both of us. Worst Games is fortnightly. You get that two days early if you're a patron of a certain tier. And Sunday for everybody else. No Worst Games this week, but it will be a Worst Games next week. This Friday. Coming up. Podcast is every Saturday. And we also do loads of other shows as well. This week, we did Prove It. Prove mm. It returned. Yeah. It's been a, been a long time coming. Those videos are kind of hard to put together and we struggle to find the time. But it's the, the second episode of Prove It is out on the channel. Yes. So please go and watch that. It's all about Big Smoke's GTA order from San Andreas. You know, the meme. The number nine. The number nine. The number nine large. Uh, it's number six with extra dip. Yeah. Uh, two number 45s, one with cheese. Number 27. And a large soda, mm. I think. Something like that. Anyway, you should go watch it. It's good fun. Both parts. The, uh, the Let's Play and the live action finale of it. Finally, please leave us a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with algorithms. And there'll be a video going out on the channel tomorrow at the time of release uh, explaining how you can send stuff to us for a special unboxing opening video we're going to do around Christmas. Uh, we won't be accepting submissions forever, so please go and watch the video for more information on that. Hmm. should be on the channel tomorrow afternoon. Yes. That's all. Leaves just enough time for me to once again thank our sponsor, Death Sanding. We'll sand you dead. Bring out your dead and we'll sand them good, good and good. We'll collect all the little dead shavings that have been sanded off. We put them all together, make a delicious biscuit and give it to someone you don't like. And when they taste it, they'll say, hmm, this is this tastes a bit. It's gonna be tastes very. Like you've, this is gonna be very laboured. Are you ready? Yeah. This tastes a bit. Hmm. This tastes a bit. Pe a bit peaty. A bit peaty. This tastes a bit peaty. Oh, I see a bit peaty. This tastes a bit peaty. Oh, it's a bit peaty. Mm. 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 Tastes tastes a bit like you've sanded down a dead person and made the sandings into a biscuit. Mm. A bit peaty. Yeah. Mm. It's a bit peaty mm. for me. Anyway, we're gonna go now. Have a lovely weekend. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.